If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. We're developing digital eyewear assistive device for blind people. We have the ability to project back to the healthier part of the retina the corrected image. And that way we're enabling people to regain their sight back. So what you're seeing here is our interactive devices for kids to go play outside again. So they can take their interactive technology and play tag and hide and seek. You just put seed into the pocket and press the button on and put in the water and the nutrient. By around 30 days you will have all the grown vegetables for yourself. When we think about the future, what do we envision? CES 2018 in Las Vegas in January answered that question in a multitude of voices. Here are just three of the innovations that are going to be showing up in daily life in the very near future. Restoring sight to the blind through technology was the exciting concept behind Israel-based startup ICI Vision's device, which is called Enhanced Vision Engine. ICI Vision CEO Tal Lotan explained. Tal, tell me please about what we have right here. ICI Vision, what we're doing, we're developing digital eyewear assistive device for blind people. Actually, 80% of, of people that are blind still have some remaining vision. We're using that remain vision to increase the way that they see the world. We have our proprietary retinal mapping and along with retinal projection, eye tracking, and world camera, and computer vision, of course, we have the ability to project back to the healthier part of the retina the corrected image. And that way, we're enabling people to regain their sight back. That is so cool. How did you first come up with this concept? Well, our CTO tried to develop different unique ways of retinal projection just for augmented reality use. And then he met up uh, a friend of his that had a scar in his eye. One thing led to another. We realized that we want to help people that really need that solution. So we built that system that is made of the exact components that is needed to support those people. You're showing a screen here that has the effects of retinitis pigmentosa, which is pretty much where you see spots. What happens for the person that is using the ICI vision how does their vision change? Well, what we can do, we can map those, it's called scotomas. So once we map the scotomas, we know exactly his vision map. And we have that matrix, which is not one and zero. And, and sometimes you know that if you project more light to those area, they can actually see there. So this is what we're doing. We're projecting a corrected image. And what the image that we project, we project it in enhanced mode that is easier for people with low vision to see images in front of them. How cool. When will this be available in the United States? Well, hopefully within 18 months to 24 months in the market. What has been your own most rewarding experience so far with ICI Vision? Well, actually, every time that we're meeting people with low vision, it's an experience. And I'm happy to say that most of the times we get good response, which means that it's people that all of a sudden can see something that they could not see before, and I think that's exciting. That is fantastic. What would you say to any fellow innovators who encounter some of the things that you've encountered with ICI Vision, some of the challenges and some of the 
triumphs that you've had? Well, in any medical device, uh, challenges are hard. You have to work with people by means that you have to change all the time. You have to overcome each person a problem. And I think that on one hand, it's, it's, it can be very frustrating because you think that you solve it once, but then you have to solve it again and solve it again. And it's hard. On the other hand, I think this is what beautiful. We're human beings and, and each one has its own story. And once you solve it, it's like you, you manage to do it over and over again. So there are two ways of looking at it. I think that you should take a look at it from the good point of view. I see iVision will be in the U.S. in two years or less. Of course, now I'm going to ask, what's next? What's next? Well, we believe that, and actually this is why we say we're expanding the limits of vision. According to everyone here in the AR field, myself and everyone else in 10 years from now will wear augmented reality glasses instead of our mobile phone. We believe that our technology will be able to expand the human vision in a way that today it sounds absurd to say, but once you have those glasses on your eyes, just looking 100 meters in front of you and see what's written on a signpost, it's not something I can sell to you tomorrow morning, but once you have it, we have the technology, I think it's amazing. It will be. As we wrap up here, what has been your own best lesson as an innovator that you've learned from ICI Vision? Well, that's a hard one. I know, like, like always, keep the hard work and I think that what goes around comes around, you know? I meet nice people all the time, and I think that in that field, when it's half do good, half innovative, I think that you need to be with people and to see what comes and just be prepared for that. This is great. Thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Tal Lotan, CEO of Israel-based startup ICI Vision. While ICI Vision is currently in the trial stage with their enhanced vision engine device, according to their website, you can get information and updates by contacting them through ICI.vision. That's ICI.vision. Meanwhile, from the Netherlands comes a new technology that's going to get kids doing something they haven't done in a very long time. Put their screens up and start running around and playing. Pico founder and CEO Iris Salta explained how that works. So what you're seeing here is our interactive devices for kids to go play outside again. So they can take their interactive technology that they like in video games and play tag and hide and seek. That's cool. So if they take, let's say my little cousin who's seven years old takes his phone outside yeah. and he's going to play tag, how's this work for him? So one of the games we have is Buzz Tag. Each kid gets a device and then the devices automatically create two teams, a blue team against the red team. So there's no hassle in who is in whose team. Then one of the devices starts vibrating. So the one who has it feels it, but the rest, they don't know. So the goal of the game is to have the bus because that's the treasure. The kids yeah, love that fact about it. But they have to chase each other. So they have to be close to each other. The, the, the devices measure distance between each other. And if you're close enough to the bus, then it will automatically go to your device. So it's a mad tag game where you don't know who to chase, basically. So the first game kids are always like, I have it. And then the other kids, of course, they know, so they chase him. But the next game is like, I have it, but I'm, I'm not going to tell, you know? <laughs> so that's one of our games. And of course, it's a small computer inside. So we upload many more games to it, like Capture the Flag and Hide and Seek games. Yep, that's it. That is a really neat tech way to get kids playing the games that grandparents like me yeah. playing. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that was our goal. How'd you first come up with this idea? Actually, it was in 2000, it was a long time ago. I was in school, university, and I was doing a project with two other students. 
and we wanted to do something for kids, but we didn't know yet what. And then we saw that there was a lot of research projects where researchers made kids go outside with a PDA, so that, you know, before the smartphone. And then we thought, that's weird. You cannot play like a normal kid if you have to look at a screen all the time. So you know what? We're going to make a game, but without a screen, but with the interactive technology. And that was the very first prototype. And then I did my PhD afterwards. So I did four years of research into, you know, designing for kids and designing electronics for outdoor play. And that turned into this company. Iris said the name for her startup was an inspiration. Pico, yeah. I just woke up one night <laughs> and then I was like, okay, that's a good name because we had a lot of struggle with it. That's Pico, spelled P-I-C-O-O. What's your experience been like so far since coming up with Pico? What's it been like to market it and to get it out there to people? Okay, so that's a whole new ball game for us because we came from academics and we are now moving towards industry. In the beginning, it was it's very hard. You know everything about the technology and everything about the gameplay, but nothing about getting money or getting funding or doing marketing. Actually, our market found us. So we were at this fair and then somebody came up to us and said, what is this? And we explained and he said, I want to buy this. And we were like, okay, yes, but why? Turns out he had an outdoor activity center for kids. And he says, we have nothing in interactive technology. We only have like a bouncing castle. And yeah, we do have laser shoot sets, but parents don't often like that because it's like violent gameplay. And this is cool because we can do the old games, but with the technology that the kids love. So we started researching that market. And then we found that this market is really looking forward to, to have this technology. But we also found out here that a lot of consumers that really love this for their kids. So we're also going to the consumer market. I really love this because I like the lights, I like the colors. I think that's going to attract a lot of kids because kids yeah. are attracted to shiny, bright objects too. Yeah, they we have to chase the kids after a test session to get our prototypes back because <laughs> they never, they never want to give them up. They're always like, can we play again? Can we play again? Yeah. I love that. That's your best accolade right there. Now, what will be your steps? Are you going to make this available in the U.S.? In the U.S., we're looking for partners. We're a small company, so we, we're very good in this, you know, producing this and making the games, but we need partners to distribute it. We've already found one partner for Europe, so this is an indoor playground maker, and he's going to distribute sets for us to his market. He's also in the US, but he's a very limited presence here. But we're looking for that kind of partners who will bring this to the US for us. Yeah. So if anybody wants to get in touch with yeah. you, how do they do that? They can find us at Pico, that's P-I-C-O-O dot com, and our contact details are on there. P-I-C-O-O.com. Yeah. As we wrap up, I see something very cool over your head. You've got a best of CES 2018. What was that like for you? Yeah, that was really fun. So yesterday somebody came by and talked to us and I, like we explained to him what it was about. And then this morning he came up to us and said, yeah, we discussed everything we saw and yours is so great. We love it, getting oh kids God. outside again. So yeah, we put it up right there. So. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. And thank you for your time today. Yeah, you too. Thanks. You and I have been listening to Iris Sauta, founder and CEO of Netherlands-based startup Pico. For information and updates on Pico, check out their website, Pico, spelled P-I-C-O-O dot N-L, like Netherlands. That's Pico dot N-L. And what if you're wishing for the taste of homegrown vegetables, but you're right in the middle of the city? Or maybe you've never exactly had a green thumb. Grow Green Limited founder and CEO Dr. Kwong Wai Lung had just launched a new home technology called Aspara at CES 2018. Dr. Lung, I'm here with you at CES Eureka Park. You've got a really cool technology here called Aspara. What's Aspara? Uh, thank you. Aspara is a 
smart vegetable grower using uh, hydroponic technologies. How did you first come up with that concept? We think food safety is very important to us for everybody. So we want everybody can control their own grow of food. So we create this box. Now, once you had the idea for this, what was the journey like creating it? What was it like for you as an innovator? Okay, I want to make this. Where do you go from here? Actually, we are a group of high-tech people. So our mission is to use high-tech to enhance, to help agriculture. Thereby, we can have a healthy living. This is our mission. So in this box, we have built in a lot of technology inside, like a smart LED, a lot of sensing devices, an automated control of a water system. So all this makes up a very optimum environment for growing vegetables. Excellent. Now, I'm very fond of homegrown tomatoes. If I get aspara and I bring it in my home, tell me about what I need to do from there, please. It will be very easy. In this system, we have a number of different operating modes. We have an easy operating mode. You just What you need is you just put seed into the pocket and press the button on and put in the water and the nutrient. It will by itself. By around 30 days, you will have all the grown vegetables for yourself. No soil, just seed and... It's just water. We don't need soil. In the water, you put the nutrient and automatically the vegetable will grow from the seed to the plants. Wow. Is your background in horticulture or engineering? I'm engineering. But in this process of time, we learn a lot about biology, chemistry, lighting, all this. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of science in the growing of vegetables. What's one of the most important things you have learned as an innovator with Aspara? I think we learn a lot about nature because growing is talking about nature. And now we put nature into the home. We have to replicate the nature in the home. That is what we really learn about how powerful is the nature. And we have to keep our life and then we have to work with nature. So that is why we create this system. Tell me about your garden with Aspara. What are you growing at home? Uh, I grow tomato at home, but these are bigger plants. And uh, we also grow a salad vegetable. We grow a lot of salad vegetables. This is really neat. Have you had any challenges? For example, when I grow tomatoes, I always seem to get the small ones, and I always seem to get the little worm things, little bugs. Have you had any problems with these in home? For growing vegetables at home, there are two areas. One is in-home, one is in-house, one is outdoor. In-houses is a lot easier because in-house condition is more contained. But if you put it outside, there were a lot of insects coming after you, so there's a lot of work with all these insects. So you don't have to worry as much, because I've had a little problem with ants with plants inside my home. But. So that is why today we promote the Aspara. Aspara is more in-house, indoor type of system. So you avoid a lot of these insects. So it makes your work a lot easier. This is cool. When is this going to be available in the United States? This product is in the final stage of design. We are finalizing our color. This product is more than just a grow. It's going to be a very colorful type of furniture at home. There's a seven color with that. So we are finalizing the color. In this CES show, we try to get more information and determine what color we are going to put into this system. So you can help us to choose your color. And by the way, our product will be in production in three months' time. What kinds of information are you getting at CES to help you choose a color? What color do people like? Oh, well, it's interesting. It's interesting. They're very traditional people like the kitchen to be black and white. But when you talk to some younger generation, they like very colorful kitchen. So that is why we feel very 
We feel very, we learn a lot from all these different consumers. I think we are very excited about a lot of people feel interest in our products, not more than just locally in the States, from the north, from the Russia, south, from the South America. A lot of people keep asking more questions about getting this product. And finally, I see that we have some hashtags here, but where can people get more info about Aspara in the future? We have a website called aspara.hk. So you come to our website, you get more information. This is great. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. You and I have been listening to Dr. Kwong Wai Lung, founder and CEO of Hong Kong-based startup Grow Green Limited. And we've been talking about Aspara, Grow Green's new home smart vegetable grower. For information and updates on Aspara's availability, check out aspara.hk, as in Hong Kong. That's Aspara, spelled A-S-P-A-R-A, dot H-K. And that's a roundup of just three of the myriad answers to problems for the future from CES 2018. Here comes the future, and it looks amazing. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to Over Coffee through our website, twomavericks.com. That's T-W-O-M-A-V-E-R-I-X.com, twomavericks.com. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.